Good morning, team. I'm glad my dad kind of used that analogy in the prayer time of uh, kind of like a locker room in the spirit. I was thinking about that this week. And especially after last night, I um, got to watch a miraculous win by my Steelers. Yes, I was on my knees in intercession. But um, <laughs> as I have to admit, I turned it off after a certain part of the game thinking it's over, it's done. And maybe the Holy Spirit prompted me to turn back to the station because when I did... Steelers had the ball again and had a chance to win, and it was pretty amazing. So let's just say I had to deal with the flesh a little bit last night, but whew, praise God. But anyway, I'll get another sermon. But I'm excited to be before you today because after hearing that, I did think about that this morning as I was in there praying and thinking about it. Drew had a great, great sermon last week. Thank you for setting the tone, Drew, for this year because I've been praying about his sermon this week, looking over his notes, and I love how he started with God. Everything begins with God. Amen. His authority, His power. We're here this starting this new year. Everyone has resolutions, thinking about your life, thinking about your future, thinking about this year, thinking about the past in 2015. But I was also thinking about today about us as a body of Christ, as a family, as a team here at Gateway. And our head coach is Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's a great analogy. I mean, the team concept, it's only thing, but not, that's not going to be the sermon, but... This morning, I just saw myself as Drew was last week. We're the, the leadership team and us are like assistant coaches. We're the under coaches that are equipped and ready to, to, to train the team and to encourage you and to challenge you. And Drew started us off perfectly last week with God himself, his power, his authority in his word. And so this morning, I want to kind of tail end of that, kind of do an extension of that after what he talked about. And so I want to really encourage you this morning like a coach to a team of what we have ahead of us, of what the challenges are, what we're prepared to do and equipped to do. And so to get us in that tone, in that mindset, we have an event coming up in a, a couple weeks that I would like uh, Lisa Rose to please come up and share about that's going to kind of set the tone for just the heart this morning and what I want to encourage us with. And so let's welcome our friend, Miss Lisa, and she's going to share about a wonderful opportunity for us. I don't need this. Ask my husband. I don't need a microphone. Um, First of all, I want to say thank you for praying for us and helping us during my husband's illness. He's better. He's back today. So, yay! Back to health. And um, uh, those of you who've experienced illness, you know that it can stretch you beyond your imagination. So, praise God we're here. I'm going to give a little Montgomery Baptist Association 101 today. Some of you may not know that we have 60 participating churches. Three of those have started in the past year. They're new church plants. And, but about 40 years ago, the Montgomery Baptist Association said to, to each other, we said, we, I wasn't there, but um, how can we be the hands and feet of Christ in Montgomery, Alabama, and do and show God's love in tangible ways? And they came up with four cooperative ministries that the churches and the Montgomery Baptist Association would participate in together. It would mean financially helping them, providing volunteers, providing resources for these ministries. And those four ministries are Conversational English School, which meets on Thursdays, always need volunteers, our Counseling Ministry, which is out of our office on Perry Hill Road, and we help meet the needs of people who are in distress. Uh, Forest Spartan Ministry Center, which many of you have become involved in, uh, which is our kind of hands-on resources for Montgomery. 
and then Samaritan Inn Ministry, which helps people if you if, if they've got a loved one coming to one of our hospitals for treatment, we house the family if they're staying for an extended period of time. So your dollars, and we give our offering each week, part of a portion of that goes to help these ministries. And so they're available in this little brochure at the front of the, um, the room here. You can pick one up. But I want to tell you about our fifth ministry that's happened recently. We, back in the fall, we as a uh, association agreed that we would now have a fifth cooperative ministry, which is our Misteco Outreach. And the reason that we felt that we honed in on this particular people group is because, first of all, we've had access to begin to build relationships with this people group. Uh, many people have come together to form a task force, and, um, and we feel like it's important to focus in on this people group as an association. And so our association churches have decided that this will be our fifth cooperative ministry. I'm really excited about that. This particular people group, some of you have heard this before, but I want to really reemphasize this to you. According to the International Mission Board, it is the most unreached, unengaged people group in all of the Americas. We've got over a thousand people who are in this people group living in Montgomery. Many just down the road here. Where am I? Yeah, down that way. And we have an opportunity to share the gospel with this people group. They are an oral people. They don't have any written word. So everything has to be uh, uh, spoken to this people group. And so I want to encourage you highly to come, we have our second annual national summit. Basically, all the ministries that work with this people group in the United States are coming together in a couple of weeks here at this church. It's going to be on all day Friday, the 22nd, and through the morning of the 23rd. And you will, if you come, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, I know a lot of people get up and tell you to go to certain conferences, and you sit there. I've been there before. But you will be filled up, right? Absolutely. If it's anything like last year, CJ and I both went. Some of you went last year. It is one of those places, those times you need to come. You will find out more about how to reach this people group in a very tangible way. You will learn more about um, what their culture is like, how we can love them to Jesus. Because as we talked about, that is the most important thing is to share Christ with people. And I want to just uh, to leave you with this verse. It's one of my favorite passages. Um, some of you saw my uh, Facebook page. Every year I read a different translation of the Bible. It's going to get some good perspective. And um, in, when I, the year that I was reading the message, um, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8, this is when Jesus was calling out his disciples or sending them out. And this is what he said um, through the message. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Here's what I want you to do. Go to the lost, confused people right here in your neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. Listen to this. Because you have been treated generously, live 
generously. And that is a challenge to us as well. Every person in this room, despite what our circumstances are, we have been given to generously. And we need to live in a generous way this next year. And so that's my challenge to you as we think about it. And there are some opportunities that you can plug into and not just sit on the sidelines, but to get involved and to start living generously in our community. Thank you. Thank you. So to give some meat to that, because that's exactly what I want to share this morning to kick off. I mean, we're in the second week of the new year. Doesn't some of you think it's late January already? I mean, it feels like that. We're only two weeks in. And always love, just like with anything, as a staff, you know, we're in there praying last week and just preparing for who God brings us and trying to just pray about vision and direction. And companies do that. And military, everybody strategizes for the first of the year. So I just want to take us back to the foundation of why we're in this room and why we're here and why God has brought us. And it's the tone of what Lisa just said, and it's coming out of what Drew mentioned last week. Um, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want to start off with just as a reiteration of the scripture he used last week. And Drew told us that there were three benefits of living under God's authority, God's power, God's obedience. You know, he has every right to declare, to lead, to guide, to instruct because of who he is. And he said the three benefits, number one is protection, as we live under God's authority, protection from being, you know, in our sin, being God will protect us and give us the ability to, to resist temptation, to be able to thwart the schemes of the enemy, protection against the forces of darkness, and living under God's authority. We also have the benefit of provision, he mentioned, how God will provide all of our needs physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. As we live under his power and his authority, God will provide for us in every facet of our life. He will equip us and prepare us for everything. And then all that culminates into number three that he mentioned, the benefit of purpose. And that's why I want to reiterate this morning, to launch us into a coach-type mindset as one to train and to encourage of purpose of this body, of us as individuals, as followers of Christ. And Drew mentioned this scripture last week, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering... For the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So Paul's telling Timothy here, join with me for this purpose of suffering, for this purpose that we have been saved, that we have been called to a holy calling, not according to anything that has to do with us, nothing that we have done in our works but according to God's own purpose and grace through Christ Jesus. Well, what is that purpose? I mean, we all know, but I'm going to reiterate, and we're going to just dig in and see the Scriptures to encourage us today to reorient us back, to kind of get us this mission this year, to continue to prepare us as we live out this, to love God and love people to the ends of the earth. Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I've been preparing as... Drew mentioned we're just launched in the book of Acts. little plug, if anybody wants to join us on Wednesday nights, it's one of my favorite letters to teach through because it covers so much about who God is and who we are and what he's called us to as a body, as a people. And so I've been going over some of those scriptures and those who were here this past Wednesday, you may get a little bit of nuggets from Wednesday night. So here's a little part two of the same, but some of those scriptures just applied. If I've been praying and thinking about Drew's message, thinking about Acts, thinking about what God has done in us and through us and what we've been called to. It is just 
very exciting, you guys. So John chapter 20, verse 19. This is when Jesus was appearing to those in the upper room, not just the apostles, but the other followers of Jesus, his disciples. And one of the scriptures here just stood out to me that I've really been meditating on the past few days, past week or so, even preparing for Wednesday. But Jesus said, um, it says, So when it was evening, verse 19, on this day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood at their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when Jesus had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Verse 21 is key. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said that to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I've read this verse hundreds, I mean, hundreds of times. But for whatever reason, this past week, as I've been praying and studying through Acts and thinking about Drew's message, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said. I also am going to send you. Have you really thought about the implications of that declaration? Because I haven't for some time to really. And as I read this, I kind of thought, I love, you know, like in a movie situation, when somebody makes a certain statement and then all of a sudden there's a freeze frame and there's a flashback, you know, where they may go to the past to try to, you know, support a statement or support a thought or a moment. So I just thought about when Jesus made that statement, it was like a movie setting, seeing all the guys in the upper room, and he says, as the Father has sent me, pause. Well, then now let's look back, and what does that mean? How did he send him? Why did he send him? And kind of like if it was a movie setting, everyone sitting there, we would think of a flashback of what was the extent of that? What did that truly mean, as the Father has sent me? I love John 4, 34 Love this verse. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, My food, what sustains me, what gives me life, what fills me, what sustains me, Jesus is saying, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish or finish his work. That's an amazing statement. So Jesus is saying, Everything I am, all that sustains me in this life is to do the will of my Father And to accomplish his work, whatever that is, whatever he sent me to do, that's why I'm here. Well, what is that? So I love that statement. And it's a few verses we are very familiar with, but one, saints, we've got to get in us of why we're in this room. Luke 19.10. Luke 19.10. I'm going to say it enough to where you guys just get it. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke what? Guys, this is one, John 3, 16, Luke 19, 10. <laughs> Something, this, is a, this is our mission. This is a part of why we're in this room. Of why Drew talked about the authority of God last week. Why we're here. Why we have breath. Why Jesus was sent. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Another one, same time, Matthew twenty twenty eight, Matthew twenty twenty eight, Matthew. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but what? To serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Whew. That was a part of the main task, right? Primary function in accomplishing the work of Christ was Jesus to come 
to finish the work there for us. Amen? The cross, resurrection, ascension, into glory, all power, all honor, all glory, right hand of the Father, kingdom authority, a ransom for many, to serve and not to be served, sacrificial love. So when Jesus says, I've come to accomplish his work and finish his work, in, all, in that, in the midst of that, is coming to seek and save the lost, coming to serve humanity by giving my life as a ransom, by establishing a principle and a tone of sacrificial love for my people. And this is the mission we've been called to. And then it gets even better. You're like, whoa, that's not good enough. Here's where we come in. John chapter 14. This is an awesome verse for us. John chapter 14, verse 12. I'm sorry, back up to 10. I bet the guys are going to put 10 up then. John chapter 14, verse 10. Jesus says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does what? His works. Keep that in mind. His works. The Father's works. In and through Jesus. Son of man. Son of God. Fully human, fully divine, work of the Spirit. Jesus himself is submitting to the work of the Father. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise believe because of the works themselves. And here we go. This is for us. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Do we got any believers in the house? Followers of Jesus. He could literally be saying, truly, I say to you, those in gateway here on January 10th? Seriously, this is us. For those of you who believe in me, look at this. The works, what works? The Father's works that I do, you will do also. Woo! Right there in red. Truth, fact. You who believe in me, my followers, those who have been transformed, redeemed, Set free, delivered. You will do the works that I do. And here's the addition. That's, that, that in and of itself is enough, right? But what does he say? And what greater works than these he will do? The big why? Because, of the because. Because I go to the Father. Amazing implications here. How can we see greater works done through us? Because Jesus is saying, because I leave, when I'm gone... Someone's coming. The extent and the full effect of my influence is going to go beyond me because I'm about to go and you're about to take this to where I can never go because I have to leave because the power has to come. What is going to equip you and prepare you and empower you to do what I called you to do, those works that I've done here, I need to go. And this is for us. Those same works are for us. And this is where right here Jesus established again to declare, you have been called to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Through proclamation and demonstration, this is where it's going to happen. I love that um, Lisa read Matthew 10. These are some of my favorite verses in the Gospels. Matthew 10, Mark 6, Luke chapter 9, and Luke 10. And I want us to go, it's not going to be up there, but go to Luke 10 real quickly. I kind of added this on. Because what Jesus is talking about here, some of these guys have already experienced this to a certain degree. Love that this is in here for us. Luke chapter 10. Talked about this many times. Verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself is going to come. 
What Lisa read was an event that happened prior to this, which is talked about in Luke 9 and Mark 6, where the, the chosen 12 went out in pairs of six, six pairs, to go out and do the stuff. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven as a hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. What she just read. And they went and did the stuff. The works the Father sent Jesus to do. But look what he mentions here. Seventy, as I mentioned, you know, Wednesday night, Joe and Jane Jew. They're just nobodies. Just community folk that are following Jesus. No specific title or reputation. Ones that Jesus has appointed followers of his to be sent out. And look where he applies. Look where we hear the declaration of the harvest going forth. It's to these 70, not to the chosen 12. Jesus said, he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, verse 2, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And our favorite verse 3, we all love this one. So go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. That was a joke. Yeah. We don't really like that one. But we, in a sense, should really get excited in our spirit when we understand that we're being sent out, just as they said there. That these 70 were sent to be ones to proclaim and to demonstrate that authority Drew talked about last week. The power of God to heal and to declare the kingdom. Now, why did he say, and again, the key part here, because I go to the Father, these greater works you will do, and you will do the works that I have done. Go to Luke chapter 24. All these tie in in a flow of what Jesus was trying to communicate. And all of this was toward the end before he was crucified on the cross and before his resurrection. Just like a coach would do, he was charging his team. He was giving them direction and guidance on what was next. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Another thing Jesus was preparing them for. He said, and behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in this city until you are clothed with power from on high. Again, this is another verse I've read for years, and I never, just that aspect of being clothed. I mean, we can all envision, you know, someone clothing us, putting clothes on us or wrapping something around us. That's what kind of like the imputation of righteousness that we've been imputed it. We are clothed or shrouded with his righteousness or his grace. What I love about this, the Greek word for clothed here literally means sinking into a garment. So we are going, what he's saying is the power of God when the Holy Spirit comes, we will be enveloped and literally sunk into or like this, dipped into the power of God for his purposes. And when you read that last part, clothed with power on high, where do you think of in the future? It takes us straight to Acts 1. That the Holy Spirit is coming to bring power for what purpose? So that you would be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to where? The remotest parts of the earth, the ends of the earth. And we all say what? Because that's us. <laughs> Thank God for that last part of the phrase. If that wasn't in here, we wouldn't be in this room. We are the remotest. We're team remote. That's who we are. We are team remote. That's the reason we are here, because of this promise and what God established here. And where does this take us? To the verse we all know so well, Matthew 28. Sometimes, guys, we just need to see these again to continue to remind us, to reorient us back again on why we're here. And why God has brought us to this place of what the DNA of this local fellowship here is of what God has established in his word for us. 
And it all goes back to an event that's taken place here in two weeks that Lisa mentioned. The heart of this. Verse 18, we all know. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. And I even love that. Just look right here. The wording. Therefore is there to say, because of what I just said, because I have all authority, all power, it's all mine. Therefore, I call the shots, as Drew said last week. Who do you say anything against me? If I'm the one who's created the universe, I think I can establish things on my own. I can tell you what to do, where to go. As the Lord pleases, he what? He does. That's his power and authority. So because I have that, I'm telling you, go. Make disciples of all what? All what? We have been called to the nations. And what has God brought right up the street to us? A nation. We've got to keep this in our forefront, guys. The nations have come to us. Now, we do go to them, but in this situation, and what we can experience in two weeks here, and what God has been working on the past year, a nation has come to us that God has brought. So make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love that Jesus put that in because I'm sure at Pentecost they were probably saying, I thought Jesus wasn't leaving. He said he's always going to be with us. And we watch him go up. And what did he mean by this? I'm going to be with you in and through whom? The Holy Spirit. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to manifest myself, my power, my word, all that I am through him. And guys, I know we've read this a hundred times. We've heard it growing up, this passage. But as we keep this in the forefront, that we have been called to go, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. We've been entrusted with this. That God in His authority, His power, created us, He called us, He saved us, He equipped us, and He has empowered us to do this. And we've got to keep this in the forefront of why we're here. And the reason I bring it up now is what we all mentioned this morning. God has blessed us with Sunday school classes and Bible studies and times of equipping and and edification and coming together like this. And we have to do it. It is so valuable. It's imperative. Imperative. And it's a command of the Lord. We meet together. We disciple one another. We equip each other. We edify to gather in those type of gatherings, Bible studies, Sunday schools, Wednesday nights. It has to happen. But so many times we all go to these things and we become what? Tunnel vision and self-focused. I've got to get healed. I've got to get fixed. I've got to, it's me, 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 for my blessing, for my this. God's going to work on that. Absolutely. That is a part of it, of us going to Bible studies. And what I love about the men, they're going to learn again, take on some classes about being a better husband and being a better father under biblical principles. That's important. Why? Not just for their families and for their own individual walks with God, but for the nations, for what God is doing in this community, in this area. With this call, with this cry, that we are to go and make disciples and baptize and teach. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have prayer times. That's why we have Sunday school classes. To equip and to build and to teach and train, just like coaches do with a team, to go do the stuff. To go do the plays. To go do what God has called us to do. And your first, as husbands and fathers and wives and mothers, your first nation or your first people you're called to is who? Your family. Absolutely. 
We don't negate that or devalue any of that. But we can't keep it like this if that's all there is. Too many times we get so apathetic and numb to reaching the nations. And what I mean by nations is beyond our little scope, our little world. I've been praying this week and thinking about the Joneses, Barry and Jeannie heading to the Carolinas and the Dalles this summer, heading probably to the Midwest and other military families, the Sheldons I think are moving, praying for them and thinking about them in this context, that God is moving them on and launching them out to another whole realm of adventure and a nation-type sending, that they're going forth to a different place to do what they've done here for all these years teaching and training and equipping and encouraging, and God is now launching them out to go do it somewhere else. Same cry, same cause, same purpose. As they've been led by the Spirit, and as the military has led them by the Spirit, you know, but we have to have this kingdom mindset, you guys. We have to live this way. Or we will become so numb and apathetic to just our little box and our little world and our little sphere of work and school and social settings and all these things without keeping this purpose and cause before us. And that's today's encouragement. It's like a coach. At the end of this, I thought, okay, let's all put our hands in. One, two, three, Jesus, you know. That's what this is this morning. It's a team effort saying, guys, here's what we're here for. Here's what you're equipped to do. Your position, every one of you are strategically placed with your giftings and abilities and talents for a position on this team. And this is what we've been called to do. This is our goal. So that's why I wanted to encourage you this week is Drew last week established the authority and the grounding of God first. His power and authority and what flows out of that is our call and what he has led us to. Last two verses, Philippians chapter 1. just want to put this in. You always love seeing how Paul responds to some of the people in the different churches and letters he wrote to and how they responded to him and how they're walking things out. And I just a couple things grabbed me when I saw this one. And again, please, guys, hear my heart in this about all the discipleship and stuff. These things are good. They're needed. All these Bible studies and stuff. But the heart behind it, the purpose, is that we grow and we mature and we get equipped and we edify each other for the purpose of going. Do you guys see that? Biblically. It's not just for us in our little world. It comes in to go out. And where it goes out to is all unique. There's, I'm not telling you what the go out is. This mistaken conference may be for some of you. We bring this up because all we're saying is, here's a nation that desires to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we were singing these songs and stuff, I'm thinking, the whole point of us being in here is that God can hear this language and this dialect and people worship him and cry out in Christ alone in their native tongue. That's why we're here. And that others that we know, family members, employees, relationships at work, co-workers, friends at school, teenagers and college students, that's the point that they can come in here and enjoy and that Jesus can be exalted and lifted up from their lips and they can be a part of what God is doing for eternity, for the sake of their souls. And that's what we have to think about. In the midst of our day-to-day, we have to ask God, Lord, keep this cause at the forefront of everything else. And he will. He's entrusted to do that. Philippians 1, verse 12, Paul says, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Isn't that great? I mean, just boom. Here's why I'm doing it. What was the circumstances? My imprisonment. (laughs) Paul's saying, so that my imprisonment in what? The cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. 
and that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. I love this. So because of Paul's faithfulness and understanding the mission, understanding that he is the one who is sent, understanding of what God has put before him as his task to advance the gospel, the greater progress of the gospel, and because I know I'm imprisoned and I'm suffering for the cause of who? Christ. To exalt his name, to lift his name up for the purpose of advancing his kingdom. And because of that, Paul recognized that other people saw it and were encouraged and were able to walk this out without fear and to declare and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's exciting, guys. We should leave here stoked. Seriously. We should. This morning, I'm, I'm you know, I'm studying this going, okay, CJ, what's, what nation or what group or what relationship or whatever is next out that door for me today? Who in this city needs Jesus that I've either already sown some stuff in or maybe have just met or haven't met yet, but I'm going to take this before you and say, Lord, where's the nations for me? We have to ask that, you guys. That should be a part of our daily routine. Say, Lord, by your spirit, guide and direct, hands and feet, here's my tongue, wherever it is, spiritual antennas up, guide and direct. That's our lives. With no condemnation, no guilt, we just go with the spirit's love. Okay, Lord, what's next? But us having the posture and the mindset getting up of knowing that's what we're called to do. I'm about to put, I'm not one of these guys that put sticky notes and things on your mirror and, you know, things in your car. And I probably should be more. But I am putting this for me. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you, CJ. I want to see that every day. I need that remember. I need that reminder to know daily I am sent for the cause of Christ and whatever that means. For me today. And for us, that's what we've been called to here at Gateway. So I'm so excited about this next realm of our adventure. Whoever God brings in, whoever this man is, the strategies, the unique things God's going to continue to work in us and call us to, and he's going to lead the way that we can be a part of seeing the river region in our communities here exalt Jesus Christ. And that one day, by God, we're going to declare it prophetically and say, a mistaken church will be in this city. Amen? Can you imagine? We would be the first city... In the, in the Americas, where we could have a mistaken church in the history of time. Think about the implications of that. For the sake of the gospel, for the glory of God, that Jesus goes, yes, I have longed to hear my name exalted in the dialect of the mistakens. That I gave them this language. I created them for that purpose. And so that they can reach a people group in southwest Mexico that has no one down there, hardly at all, can speak their language or have a written language of it, but we can bring the gospel to them. That's what we're here for. One small part of it. So I just encourage us, guys, let's get excited. Let's put our hands in the middle. One, two, three, Jesus. And to end it with, as Isaiah 6, 8 says, when the Lord said, who shall I send? Who shall go out for us? I love that that's in there. Us, capital U, the Godhead. Who's going to go out for the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Spirit? Who's going to go out for us? And what did Isaiah say? Here I am. I'll wake somebody up. Here am I. Send me. May that be our desire. May that be our cry each day. Despite all the tough stuff, guys. <laughs> Kids getting ready for school, this, that, all that. We're going, to, we're going to deal with that stuff. But in the midst of it, we say, Lord, despite it all, I trust you. You're worthy. 
I'm submitting to your power and authority. I'm living under it. Here am I, send me. Give me that kingdom viewpoint and eyes to see every day of what we've been called to for the cause of Christ and for the sake of your kingdom to be advanced. Amen? Amen. Leave excited today, stoked, purpose, drive, that God has called every single one of us to this, together as a family, to equip each other, encourage one another for the sake of the kingdom. The worship team will come up. Y'all can please stand. Lord Jesus, I do just ask that in the spirit realm that we're all together, just all hands together in one big lump and together in unity and with your authority and your power as this small gateway team that you have assembled for your purposes, for your glory. God, I thank you for the opportunity that you have brought them as second nation to the us. Lord, even for that specifically, thank you for that mercy and grace that you've allowed us the opportunity here in Montgomery, Alabama, to be able to reach a nation for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for your name, for your renown, for your glory. That one day when we're sitting around that throne and we see thousands of dialects, that we can look at each other and look beside us and we can see the mistaken people group worshiping you around the throne. God, thank you that we can be a part of that. And as Drew said, not take for granted this time that we get together this morning and not take for granted the opportunity that we have and just say, well, that's for someone else. What I ask you and challenge you with this morning is just ask God. Take this before him. Say, Lord, we have seen this morning clearly in your word what we have been called to. That we are a sent people. That as you came to seek and to save the lost, as you came to serve and not be served, as you came to set people free and deliver them and rescue them and heal them, you have called us to go out and to be one to proclaim and demonstrate that power and that authority and that truth. So I just pray, Lord, for all of us. Some of us who, as Lisa said, may have had the sideline mentality that, well, I just got to get me fixed and all before I can do anything else. No, jump in. (laughs) The power and the authority of God is in you through the Holy Spirit. So this morning as we sing this last song in honor and worship to the Lord, if you got to do some business with the Lord and you say, God, I haven't been seeing things, or I haven't had a kingdom view. I haven't been seeing things as one who needs to be sent or have that mentality that we have a cause that we're a part of. I've been too focused on myself and my own circumstances. But God wants to reorient that today very lovingly and gently say, it's okay. I'll give you new lenses. I'll give you new eyes to see right. So the altar is open for whatever you need. Prayer for healing. Prayer for just a new start. Prayer for clarity. Or just to come down and just worship Him. So God, have your way in us. God, thank you for this group of people. Thank you that you brought them here. This team, this group, this family to be a part of reaching this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. We worship you today, Lord. In Jesus' name.